I was just giving God thanks for all the wonderful opportunities that he bestowed upon me, that he has allowed me to serve. And the reason why I was so thankful is because I was thinking back out of all of the opportunities and the places I serve and all the jobs and in my career, I've always been able to let my light shine. I've always been able to minister to the people that I serve. And that is big to me. And I am grateful for that because there are so many people who are actually praying, crying out to God right now. God, I just want to be in an environment. I just want to be in a place or in a job where I can let my light shine because everybody doesn't have that opportunity. There are some environments you cannot freely speak about the Lord, your passion for Christ. And that's understandable. But there are some of us who are called. Some of us are the Jeremiah's in the world. Some of us are the Ezekiel's. Some of us are the Hezekiah's. Some of us are the Moses out there in the world. And you have given us a voice <clears throat> to make a spiritual and powerful impact wherever we go. Some of us can't even help it. We can't help it. Look, whoever you are, it comes out wherever you are. And I know there is somebody who feels the way I do. Thank God. Look, this is not to condemn, con um, condemn or shun anybody else for doing what they do. We all have a place in this world. We all have a call. We all have something we have to do. And it's different. But there are some of us who feel that God has always called us to a place of being a major light where we are, that we can freely speak about the Lord, where we can freely minister and give spiritual counsel to others. We can't help it. It's in us at the end of the day. And that's what God wants us to do. So I do want to encourage someone that if that is you and you feel like me, I'm like, God, I'm thankful because every place that I served, I had that opportunity. You know me. It's like you understand that God knows you. He knows who you are. It's like, I can't help this guy. This is who I am at the end of the day. So I don't apologize for being what I now call myself a preacher teacher because that's who I am. That's what comes out. And so I realized that that is my passion. And so I do believe that whatever that passion that you have given us and that God has given us is an indicator that's that will. That is what we're supposed to be doing. At the end of the day, my first call is to minister. And I get that. It's just like an entrepreneur. They're always creating and thinking of ways to maybe create businesses and, and uh, inventors by nature, coming up with ways to make uh, multiple streams of income or always just thinking about having that flexibility and that freedom in your life where you get to choose what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. That's all. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're pompous. It doesn't mean you conceited and you can't follow um, instructions or you have a hard time serving. No, because the best entrepreneur should know what it is to serve and how to be able to receive constructive criticism and how to follow directions and instructions from other people, it would only make you a more humble um, leader or business owner or director when it's your turn because you'll be able to understand what it is to serve and then you'll be a better leader for it. You'll be more compassionate. You'll be more empathic toward those who serve you. So it's not always the best our method to come right out of the gate leading because a lot of times you have this ego where 
you only see things your way. And if it's not my way, then it's the highway for you. Wrong attitude. And eh, you block your blessings that way. <clears throat> but when you know how to serve, you become a better leader. You become a better entrepreneur. But there are people like me who are maybe parallelpreneurs right now. You are working your quote unquote nine to five, but you're also either running a side hustle or you're running a side business or your business aside from your career or job. Most of us start out there unless you're just born into a family of entrepreneur business. You come right out the gate learning how to just get right in to own. That's wonderful, too. Hey, that's all. That's great. But there's some of us who are in the position that I just mentioned and you're struggling because you know there's a voice in you and God has given you a natural platform and everywhere you go, the people that you encounter, you can't help but to acknowledge God for all his infinite wisdom and who he is and his, his power and his, and his divine intervention and everything that he does in our lives. And you want to tell, you want to talk about it. You want to share it. It's a fire. It's a fire inside of you. And so for me personally, I realized, okay, God, you're wonderful because you've allowed me to do that. You've allowed me to do that because you know who you created me to do. You created me to be and what you created me to do. And so that a light bulb went on like, that's what it is. I get to be that voice in every capacity, in every platform. So this way I feel more fulfilled because I'm still operating in my purpose and operating in my passion. Even while I'm getting to my end goal, my overarching goal, which is to get rid of the whole nine to five completely and be totally flexible for you to use me so I can do the things I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. But in the meantime, if something is on you to do, it's, it's going to be on you to do now. You're not waiting for the right time. <laughs> and not only business I'm talking about, but divine connections. I mean, God is so awesome. And I do believe, look, I believe God has given us the power to get wealth. He gives us the power to get wealth. He gives us the power to choose and make decisions. And he gives us wisdom to make wise decisions that are good for us. He knows what's best for us. So what I'm saying again is that even though God has given us free will, a volitional will to do things on our own, we who are believers, those of us who at least acknowledge that there is a God, we understand at the end of the day, we, we need to consult him. He is the life coach. He is the consultant. He is the one we need to acknowledge. We need our lives to be governed. That's why we have government. Imagine we didn't have any kind of government in place. We will be wild creatures running around here, running into each other. There'll be no order. There'll be no law. It'd be crazy. Well, it's getting like that now. That's a whole nother uh, podcast, you know, living in times where we just want to be disobedient and do what we want to do and see all this chaos happen because we have turned away from God. Like I said, that's another audio or video. <laughs> but anyway, so we understand that we need to consult the father. We understand that there is one who has created, who's higher than us. His ways are higher than our ways. And so even though he tells us that we can have the desires of our heart, we still know as believers that even with that, we have to check in. 
God, is this good for me? Because you, he knows way ahead of time who's good for us, who's not good for us, or what's a, what's not a good match. What's not a good fit. So even when it comes down to a relationship, whether you are a woman and you desire to have a husband, a man, somebody to court, whatever, or opposite, you're a man and you're looking for that wife. Now, I believe he give us the power to choose. I don't believe that there's only that one, because if that be the case, then for those who might have been widowed and married and lost one and say they're very young, it doesn't matter what age they are. are you mean, do you mean to tell me you mean to tell me that uh, that's it for them? God wouldn't want them to be with anybody else. They have to live the rest of their days by themselves, especially if that's not what they desire. I don't believe that. And the Bible doesn't teach that as well. So, but God knows who's good for each other. So I still believe that even for that, we pray for that because, you know, we can ask whatever we want to God. Pray about everything. Even when we find something, okay, I like this, or I like her or him. Hmm. What do you think, God? How do you feel about that? Because you can see the future. You know me, you know him. <laughs> what's, you know, let me know what's happening here. So, you know, we still got to consult him at the end of the day. But he gives us the power to do that. I just want insight. God, there's something I need to know. And it doesn't have to be negative. It don't have to be always say, I don't have to be a negative situation of negative something about the person. It can just mean that eh, God has a purpose for them, another purpose for them or another person for them or another purpose and has another um, road for me to take as well. Or somebody, another type of individual I should be with. God knows all of that. But at the same time, there are people who gotten together and because they both have a heart towards God and they still love the Lord. God is still in the midst of that relationship because he is the third strand. He is the consultant. He is your life coach, your marriage coach, all of that. Both individuals are seeking him for direction. So God is still in the midst. And so that union is still blessed because if you have God as the lead being led, you're going to be all right because he's going to redirect you. He's going to instruct you. He's going to give you insight. He's going to give you understanding, knowledge, revelation, and all of that. You're still in a good place. So I don't want anybody to think, well, you know, God just everybody. He just puts everybody together. As we can see, that is not the case. <laughs> Some of us choose wise, choose wrong because we didn't consult or we didn't pray about it or we didn't seek. And as some of God saying, He's right there or she's right there. What you waiting for? They're everything that you prayed for. Duh. <laughs> I don't know what else I need to tell you. You keep. So some of us get too deep. Yes, I said it. Some of us get too deep because the person can be right there. But I don't know. We waiting for this something else. Osmosis. Osm I don't know to happen or God to like jump down in, in the flesh or something and go. This is the person I have for you. I, I don't know. And even with that, it's okay because we all human. And sometimes we need that extra assurance like God is. And that's good, too, if your heart is in the right place because you don't want to go outside of the will of God for your life with the wrong individual because the wrong individual can mess up the purpose of God for you in your life, for you, your destiny. You can be tied to a mess. You know what? That's something else to talk about. But anyway. <laughs> See, my mind is always going to, oh, that's a good message, too. Mm. But that's who I am. So getting back to that, 
I just want you to know that God will plant you in places where you can be who he called you to be without compromising. He can do that too. You got those who are in places, like I said, where they're not able to be as free with that, but that's okay. That there's other outlets. But again, there are some of us who that's who we are at the end of the day. So, so every opportunity or every, in every capacity that you um, operate in, you will be able to do just that. In my own life as a counselor, as a mental health professional, as a clinician, providing um, trauma-focused counseling, um, behavioral, positive behavioral um, counseling and coaching, life skill coaching, everything I have done as a mental health professional or social worker, a mentor, I've just been able to minister and to do that and to redirect because I understand as a holistic individual myself or have a holistic approach to things when I've helped people when I serve is that we have a spirit and we possess a soul and a body. And so the spirit man needs to be built up just as much as the flesh. In actuality, many times or most times the spirit man needs to be built up first and everything else will follow in order. Come on, somebody. Let's deal with that spirit. Let's deal with the it. When we deal with that, things will line up. It's like our bodies, like a car. Get that engine right. Get that transmission. Get things. Get those major parts of the car working. Your car can last a longer time. Everything else is minute. Just get this fixed change the spark plugs, uh, tune ups, keep the oils, you know, change the oils when they need to flush out. What needs to be flushed out, all of that. Those are more smaller things. But when you get the radiator and you get the, um, I was getting ready to say water pump. <laughs> yeah, water pump. I'm right, water pump. And the engine and transmission and it's uh, probably another part that I'm missing right now. The car, if those are functioning well, then everything and plus everything else is, is cost less to get fixed. Any major parts that's fixed, your car can last. The body is going to be okay. Because that's not the most important that the frame is not the most important It's what's going on inside. So, yes, the heart. Let's deal with the heart condition. If your heart is right, if your intentions are right, if you got things in order inside, then your life will seem so chaotic on the outside because inside is right. See, some people are opposite. Some people have more external issues. But to them, they can function. They're good. They're coping because inside is right. They're not losing it. They're not going crazy. I know I'm going off a little bit. It's all going to tie together. And then there are those people and these people I have even counsel <laughs> and people that you may know as well. For them, things are so chaotic internal inside of them. They a lot of things they have to do in the external so they can feel like, OK, I'm OK. I can cope, you know, um, I got it. They're very organized. Some of the symptoms for them are they got to have everything in place outside. They can be considered a A type personality or have an OCD, you know, because for them, if things are not right and in place, they feel like they're going to lose it because that's how they function. Because they're ready because there's something going on in the inside that need to be checked, that need to be dealt with. And sometimes they're not even aware of it. But so this is how they act on the outside. But what happens sometimes that has end up having a negative impact on other people outside of your world. If you like that, 
because that stuff starts to show and it make other people uncomfortable and they don't want to be around like, uh oh, okay, time to go, <laughs> you know, so you need to check that. You need to check that. But anyway, yes. So, you know, just know that God will plant you in places where you can do what it is you do freely. And so I was thankful this morning. My like, God, I thank you so much that you have allowed me to do that. And, you know, even when I want to complain and go, oh, my Lord, you know, this is too much or whatever, whatever. What helps me to cope or say I'm at a place I'm, I'm there temporarily, but um, because mm, some things may not be the way I want it to be or maybe it's getting stressful, whatever it is. Even what keeps me there longer, really, is my passion. And that helps me out because I'm able to serve and I'm able to do what it is I love to do. So that's what keeps me there longer. And I've been around great people. I have I have had wonderful co-workers everywhere I was. I have had wonderful um, employers, wonderful managers, wonderful supervisors. And most of them have been believers. So I've been around like minded people. And that does make a difference. And a lot of people and I know some of you can attest to this. You may not make a whole lot of money on your jobs and in your career. However, you may work in a great environment with great people. And it's like you, when you think, eh, I think I, I'm not going to be here for the next couple of months. You end up staying a little longer because at the end of the day, at least you're not going to do, going to work depressed every day. There's something because you're able again to operate in your passion. Some on some level, you're able to do what it is you're called to do. You're able to let your light, your, your gift, your talent comes through. And the difference between, let me tell you something about having an anointing, having an anointing, being talented from birth, because a talent can be learned and a skill can be learned or developed. But some of us have an anointing. Some of us have an oil or oh, we're talented with something from birth or generational. Um, and so you're gifted as well. And so that comes out easy for you. You can do it with your eyes closed. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It just flows through you. And you don't have to apologize for it. <laughs> and that's the great thing. But that's an indicator, again, that that's part of who you are. Now, we can have more than one purpose. Understand, we can have more than one talent. But I'm just talking about, you know, just that one or that two that you can focus on it and, and understand that that is a green light. That is an indicator like this is who God called me to be. He does call me to operate in this. You can operate in multiple things at the same time. We see that you can be a good author. You write really well. And so you utilize those skills of that talent or that anointing that just flows through your fingertips from your mind as God endow you, as God downloads wisdom and into you or strategies or whatever it is you use or you give to help people you provide. Um, you just let it spill out of you. And that's wonderful. And at the same time, you may be a editor at your job. And you get to use your writing ability. That anointing flows. It's easy for you. As a matter of fact, I, I was sharing with somebody, the, uh, sharing with someone the other day, how much I found that I love to write to the point where I have to like sometimes decrease my amount of um, words that I use. Like, okay, that's too too much. So I'm getting a little wordy here. Because those of us who like to write, <laughs> we have a tendency, and some of you can identify with me, you have a tendency to get long-winded when you write. Well, you know, when you speak too sometimes, but I mean, when you write and you got, okay, you know, I can cut some of that out. What, you know, we all learned the art of writing. Most of us learned the art of writing in school, basically, or just from educating yourself. 
how to say, how to express yourself in five words instead of 20. You can say the same thing you need to say, but there's a way to say it with less words. And then you don't want to lose the reader. <laughs> so that's an art to that. And that's okay. You, and that you can develop, but you still can be an anointed person when it comes to writing. You can be anointed in that area. Things flow. For me, honestly, I am a better communicator when I write because I have so much going on in my mind. And I'm sure you hear it. I try to speak and sometimes I may fumble over my words. And the other thing is I speak fast. I got that from my father. He speaks way faster than I speak. Can you imagine? <laughs> But because I even had, you know, God bless his soul. I um, recently lost him, but I sometimes don't understand. I'm like, what did you say? And he would laugh and go, did you hear anything I just said? And I, uh, and you know, I don't like to have people repeat themselves over and over again. So I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then what did I just say? <laughs> and I, it's like, I, so I've learned to catch a few words while he's speaking. When he was speaking, I would put them together. Oh, okay. You know, like you're trying to get the codes and, and, you know, so funny. And so people probably do that with me too. They just don't tell me. However, or moreover, <laughs> um, that's just, you know, who I am. And, and I'm better at communicating myself through writing. I, I think it's, I was trying to do my own psychoanalysis on myself, you know, and examine my own self and trying to see why is that? And I believe one of the reasons is because maybe I'm calm, I'm relaxed or yeah, that I'm calm and relaxed and there's no distractions around me so I can flow. And I think for me, and this may help somebody, I think for me when I'm talking with someone verbally, I think sometimes when I'm talking with the individual my thoughts get distracted sometime. So I lose, I'll have a thought that I want to get out. And then when they talk, it's like, sometimes I easily lose it. Like, oh my God, I think that's why sometimes, and a lot of us do this and it's okay with your friends and family. Cause I have friends who are just like me. So we'll sometimes talk over each other, but it's not a negative thing. It's okay. Cause we understand each other. Now I won't, I don't do that you know, at work or ministering and things like that. And when I'm counseling, of course, you, you kind of get into that other mode of, okay, I'm here for you, client. I'm here for you. I'm listening. I'm all in. I'm all attuned into what you're saying. And so, you know, you know when to do that, you know. So it's just almost like you're educated person and you have good grammar and you can speak very well. But when you get around your family, you may use your, a different dialect or you may speak a little street, a little slang, whatever you, you know, you do when you're around away or with your family. That's OK, because you know how to speak proper or in the right environment. You know when it's time to put on the business mind or when it's time to put on the negotiating mind or when it's time to minister, communicate a word or message to somebody when you're speaking, when you're writing. You know how to relay something so the reader or the hearer can understand and comprehend exactly what you're saying. But you're free. It goes back to my point. When you're around your friends and your family, you're free to be yourself. You're flowing. You're not worried about trying to sound right all the time and stuff just come out naturally like, hey, it's OK. So sometimes, you know, you may do that with your friend. You may fumble over or cut each other off a little bit, but it's okay. You've given each other that permission to do that. You just got to know when to do that. But you know, some of us, you know, so for me, it's better to, for, I'm better communicating when I'm writing. And I think that's the thing because I would get distracted. Like I said, when I'm verbal, 
verbalizing something with someone and they're talking and um, we do that, right? We'll go. I think some one of the reasons why we may cut each other off, because like for me, I don't want to forget what I got to say. So that's so that's what we do now. That's like the cold. We'll me and my friends are family. We'll tell each other, hold on to your thought. I just want to get this out so I won't forget. And they'll be doing the same thing. So while they're doing that, I'm learning, still learning like, okay, let me remember what they were saying. Let me remember what I, no, let me remember what I was getting ready to say, but also hear them. Because a part of good communication is learning to hear and listen to what the other person is saying. And, and then you can let them know that by giving them that feedback. You know, that's the communication one-on-one learning to listen and hear, but then coming back with feedback to kind of let them know that you heard them. Now that's very important when you work and you serve other people, especially for a coach, a counselor, therapist, a speaker or whatever, any kind of interviewing, whatever you're doing where you're communicating with people all the time, you give back the content, some of the content that they're relayed to you and it lets them know you heard them. Even guess what? Even if you didn't hear every word they said, but you heard the most important things. If someone is sitting to you, sitting in front of you saying or on the phone saying, I can't go on anymore. I, I just I'm at the end of my robe. I, I, I just want to check out. Um, and they talk about other stuff in between. Hope I'm hoping that you heard checking out. Maybe this person's battling depression. You know, that's that. They're not saying the words, but that's you being in attentive and intuitive and also learning how to go beyond what they're actually telling you out of their mouth. But you hearing something out of their spirit, that's being also discerning. OK, they're using all of these words. I'm going to check out. I'm at the end of my rope. They're saying to you that they're depressed. They're unhappy, which indicates to you that either they may try to do something to harm themselves or um, that person is crying out and they need help. They really don't want to do anything bad, but they're crying out to you right now and they need attention. They need help. They need assistance. So it's important. But anyway, so that's me. So I express myself that way. So I was talking about being gifted as a writer, being anointing as a writer, whatever area you're anointed in, that is an indicator. That passion is an indicator that that will lead you on the right path to your destiny and living in your purpose and living on purpose. See, now I've I've come to the place where I want to do everything on purpose. I want to live on purpose. I want to be intentional and strategic about everything that I do, every relationship that I have. Okay. I want to understand the nature of the relationship. What is the purpose of the relationship? All good. And I repeat myself sometimes because somebody may miss another broadcast or something that I've recorded. And so they get to hear this one because it's so important. These are things we live by and we can't, I can't forget this. And some of you need to hear this really. To help you um, put the pieces together, to help you to become more insightful with yourself and more introspective with yourself. And so you have a guide now. Your passion is your guide. Okay, I get it. I am a voice. I am one who, when I open my mouth, people feel empowered. I'm talking about you, not talking about me. Now, that's part of my journey and what has helped led me to become a speaker. And God's showing me that he have empowered me to be a minister, to be a, a, an evangelist, to pastor over a certain amount of people or whatever it is um, when I'm 
Because you can have, you can be shepherding people in different ways. It don't have to be a traditional pulpit, but there can be a nation of people that God has assigned you to. And you're actually shepherding. If you look up the word shepherding, you're actually shepherding over them. It's like mentoring. You're, you, you're giving them what they need, keys and instructions and insight and information that's going to help them live their best life. And pastors and leaders do that in the kingdom. God give you wisdom. You're using his word that to that life map to help people, to help them develop a life of discipline and learning how to stay on the right path. And you come along as an example and you're, you're living it. You're a witness to whatever it is you're teaching and you're speaking and you, and you're passionate about and that, and knowing that they have the same desire and you're that light for them and they see that in you. And that's why they come and, and listen to you or hear you all the time because they can identify you able to plug in at something that's inside of them. You're able to preach and talk to the it. You're able to go deep beyond. You're able to touch their heartstrings. You're able to connect with their mind, their desires. You, when you speak or when you get in front of people, you know, it's like you can hear they cry. And that's how it's been for me. Come on, somebody. I know this resonates with somebody. That's how I knew God confirmed and affirmed my calling and my purpose for me. And I'm telling you, everything that I do will always involve the father because without him, I cannot do anything right. I say that boldly because I am not a free agent on my own. The Bible even tell us that when we come to him, we no longer belong to ourselves. We belong to him. So even with my body, my mind, everything, I have to acknowledge God in all of my ways and he shall direct my path. That's what the word says. And it's so true. And I apply that to my life. And when I get distracted or a little to the left or the right. And he pulls me. Oh, you know what? He don't even have to pull me back in because when you've developed a relationship with the father, you already, you can check yourself. You already know when you out of order. Come on, someone, let's be real. You already know when you out of order because see, I'm talking about when you're mature, you're a mature believer. You've walked, you've lived this life somewhat. You're kind of seasoned or seasoned and you have an ear to hear when he's speaking to you. You can check yourself. You know, you can check yourself. You don't need, again, him to come down and do this whole big scene <laughs> for you to, to do right what you need to do, what you know you're supposed to be doing. You already know. You'll get convicted. That's the difference. You're not condemned when you're in God, but he'll convict you. Whole, oh, oh, yes. I'm going to say holy yes. But oh, yes, he will. He will. You will feel that thing. You're like, you know what? And even without all of that, you already know. You know what? Mm, I need to get back to doing this. I kind of fell off. I got a little too big. Whatever it is. And that's the only difference. That's the only thing that makes it. We're no better. Believers are no better than anybody. You live a better life because you have Christ. Not that you're better personally, but you have God in your life. That's the better life. Yes, you do want to be better. And I was telling somebody that not too long ago. I said, I know we usually say, there's nothing I think I'm better than anybody. I don't better than anybody. You know what? I retract that. I do want to live a better life. I'm not saying person where um, I'm just a better human being and you and looking low on you. I'm talking about I do want a better life. I want to live better. I want to think better. I want to do better. I want to hear better. I want to behave better. <laughs> I want to work better. I want to be smarter. Yes, I do. I want to be better than that. If you just want to sit here, 
outside on the street or on a corner every day, just doing nothing with your life. And maybe I'm giving you a way that you can change your life, change your perspective on things, change your mindset, change your language, and that'll help catapult you in the right direction. And I'm always going to redirect you back to God because I am nowhere. Look, that's my leader. I'm going to always redirect. Well, it's his will at the end of the day. <laughs> really, you know, it's his will be done. Even the son of God knew that. Nevertheless, not my will. But your will be done. And he also said in the scripture, let's not when we, when we talk about making promises and making our plans and that's OK. Got to make plans. Got to write the vision down. Got to make it plain. However, even after all of that, come on, somebody, <laughs> you have to still consult God. God, I want to do this and I want to do that. But the Bible lets us know again. See, I'm preaching and teaching. That's what I do. No apologies. No apologies. Um, don't say it's my will. I'm tomorrow. I'm going to do this. And tomorrow I'm going to do that. Okay. I'll say that, but I'll also say, but God, you know, what's best for me. And you can see ahead of me. What do you think about this? You know, cause God is always there. What what's going on? You know, he's, he's there for you to talk to. So I'm like, okay, this all sounds good. Or even a relationship. He looks great. This person seems perfectly. Oh my God. You can see how the relationship, you know, if you meet that person and you really connect so well, you can see how, wow, you can take the world together because not only that you're compatible because it's more to look for than just being a compatible with somebody, but you can see the spiritual connectedness, connectedness that you guys have. You both are kingdom minded. You both have similar purpose. You'll be awesome together, but you still have to say, but God, is this a good time? Is this the right? Should I be with this person? Do you, can you give me the go ahead, get a green light? Or should I pause? Should we wait? Maybe it is, but not right now. I mean, people get, it's all kinds of ways people have gotten together. There's some time you might have met your future spouse if you're single, but it just wasn't the right time. And you had to wait. Maybe a year, two, three, four, five years go by. Look, I've heard so many different testimonies. I'm like, wow, you cannot put God in a box or you cannot control time as much as you want to or the things that happen in the midst of it all or in the meantime and in the middle. And we've heard many messages when people talk about the middle. It's just hard because you and you may see the vision or see something, but you got to wait. Oh, my God, that is that. That's another thing to talk about, but that is like, can be very difficult. So you, in the meantime, got to give you stuff to do. And like I said, if you got something going on and you, and you're operating your purpose and your passion, then you know, you, you being busy and you're like, you fulfilling the word and the, the call of God on your life and, and, and the mandate and, and the purpose. And so that kind of keeps you busy and you're not so focused on that thing or that person. You understand what I'm saying? So let's keep it real. But yeah, it bothers you sometimes like, oh my God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you got to get it together. However, and, or you meet the person, nothing wrong with them, nothing wrong with you, but it's just that you're just not going to be together. You just be friends or whatever it is. And it's like, okay. And that's difficult. See, that's a whole nother thing. That's what I have my, when I talk about something about being single or something like that, we'll go further into that because, oh, Lord have mercy. But anyway, so I went in different areas, but it's all tied to the same thing. Your person, your purpose, your passion being your indicator of you being your roadmap, being your guide 
to, you know, and staying in the path that is set out for you. And you have to do things in that preparation or maybe already operate in your full purpose and passion. And, but there's always levels, there's always expansion, ways to expand and, and expand your reach and ways to become more creative in different areas. You know, you start out doing one thing and then you come up with something else and it's all tied together. You're still getting the message out. You're still serving the way that you do, whatever it is that you do. So I want you to know that and think about that. Think about that passion, that thing that's always there that you always do. Cause it also can be indicated that you're in maybe in the wrong career in the wrong job or in the wrong course or degree program at your college. And you may need to change. I'm trying to tell, I'm trying to help somebody today. And sometimes you don't find out until you do step out. You got to step out and do something. So even say you go to school, you, you go to college and you start out, eh, I'm going to study communications and say you start focusing on being a journalist, but you realize I really want to be a journalist. I want to work on maybe the media side of things. I want to work on the stage or the camera. You know, you don't want to sit in front of the camera and do the talking. Maybe you want to be the one behind the camera. Maybe you want to help serve those who are in front of the camera. You like taking pictures. You like, because all this come under media. This is broad. There's different areas. But you realize you still had to step out into that environment to find out what it is. And you'll start to see what you have a passion for. I hope I'm making some sense to somebody. I hope I am. You're starting to feel where you feel good at or where you feel comfortable at or what comes easy to you. Like, well, I, I can flow in this. I'll, you know, just get a little bit of information on things that you need to learn more about it. But for you, it still come kind of easy. Like, wow, a good photographer knows the right shots, the right aim. They can see stuff. Again, they're kind of going beyond what the average person probably looks for when they outside walking around. But you have a that mind, that eye. You see, it's like, mm, that would be great. The way that light kind of shows on the side of that building. And, you know, you just start getting these. And to other people, you may sound crazy. But when you get around other people who are like you, they understand that type, that type of creative mind. Because there are people who say, well, I'm not creative. And I don't believe that. I believe you can be creative at different things. I think sometimes when people say I'm not creative, they're focused on the arts, like drawing and pic taking pictures or acting and singing and being a musician. No, you can be a creative writer. You can pre you can have a creative thought process, the way you think about things, the way you analyze things. That's creative. You know, the way you invent things and you come up with ideas and strategies off the cuff. That's creative. So don't block, don't limit. You look at the word creative. God is a creator. Look at everything he created. <laughs> it's so much. His thought process, which we can never know all, but you can just think and look at everything that he created that had to take a creative thought process mind to create things, to create us, how the body works and functions. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, somebody can be, so it's not only limited to the arts because a lot of time we just think of the arts or the performing arts. That person is very creative the way they dance and they act. You can be creative the way you put things together. You may be creative at the way you organize things. Come on, I'm trying to go down to different streets today. I want to get on your street. Whatever it is that you do, I want to come down your block. And so you may be a good organizer. You have an eye to come in and you have a habit. And I have a girlfriend who does this too, because by nature, she's good at um, designing and coming in and 
and seeing how things should be placed in somebody's home or house. And she was sharing with me how her mind just goes there. And she don't mean to, you know, it's not a critical thing. It's just she comes in because she just have a creative mind when it comes like, oh, this will look nice there. And I can see this going there. And she's good at saving space. I'm like, oh, sounds like a, uh, what do you call those coaches? They come into the homes and they stage homes and all that kind of stuff. Organizational culture, whatever it is. <laughs> that's me. See, that's my gift and passion. I'm always seeing something in somebody like, oh, and you can monetize that. You can package that, that gift and that passion if, if that's what you desire to do. I'm not the one to push and say just because you have a person, a purpose, um, no, a certain passion or gift that you are supposed to, um, you have to monetize everything. Some things you do as a service to people naturally and freely. You just do it. Just because a person can sing may not mean that they want to or been called to go out and become a recording artist and get their Grammys. You, but you, you still use that gift of singing to have an impact on people around you. Maybe when you do videos, maybe when you speak, maybe you sing before you preach, whatever, before you speak or people you, God may lead you. And he's done this with me, call people and sing to them. I'm thinking I'm calling to talk to you. And as soon as the person pick up, God will drop a song in my spirit and I'll start singing. Next thing you know, you hit some area you didn't even know because you're not doing it on your own. You're being led by God. You're being, and you realize it's not about you only. No, 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 no. God has a purpose for you and he's using you again. See, that was affirmation and confirmation and it also reinforce me to say, okay, you know what? I'm a vessel and I want to always be able to be that vessel that God can use, that I can set aside my agenda and go, you know what? That person in need a lecture or that person in need, uh, I don't even want to say lecture, I don't lecture people unless <laughs> I'm teaching them, but that person didn't even need many words. They just needed you to sing to them. Um, they just needed you to listen to them. You don't always have to give a response or an answer. You know, they just need to be heard. They just need a, a, like a sounding board. And that's all you need to do. And maybe you're good at that. You know how to give that person a quiet time and let them vent. That is healing for people. I'm trying to come down your street today. That is healing for somebody. Wow. And I think I'm going to come back with a part two so I can get some other streets and some other blocks. Because I know I didn't hit all of the blocks. But I hope you get the gist <laughs> and understand that I want you to pay attention. I'm always talking about self-awareness. Pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to you. What is going on inside of you? What is going on? What is going on inside that head? See how I'm fumbling over my words? Because I have a passion for this. I have a passion to see you live your best life. And I have a passion to see you content. I have a passion for you to live in peace as much as possible. Again, the Bible even tells us that to e even amongst other people live peaceably among each other as much as possible. So you try to pursue a life of peace. You get you try to live a life getting rid of chaos, getting rid of chaotic individuals in your life. Those who provoke anger, anger, those who bring out the worst in you. That's another that's the other flip side of an uh, indicator that you with the wrong person or you're in the wrong place and wrong environment because they bring out the worst in you. You act a way that you don't like it's really not you but for some reason that person brings out the ugliest part of you you're with the wrong person that's another street I just went down you're tied to the wrong people you had the wrong job pray for another opportunity to open up if every time you go in and that co-workers co-workers or your boss makes you sick 
because you stressed a long time or you internalize things for a long time and you hold on to things a long time because you're constantly in a chaotic or dysfunctional environment, it will affect your body physically. It will affect you mentally. It will affect you emotionally. It will affect you psychologically. This is why homelessness is associated with mental illness. Because you stay in a situation like that a long time, going without eating, having no place to stay, catching sicknesses and diseases because you can't get the proper, proper medical treatment because you don't have the money or because you're living out in the street. You'll find yourself sick in other areas. Your men, it will affect your mental. You will start talking to yourself because there's nobody else there. It doesn't, need to, it doesn't mean you need to be on somebody's medication. Heck, I talk to myself. <laughs> It may be not to an extreme in a way where like, uh, because I think a lot of us do. And I think most of us do. We want to admit it or not. Because I think and process things out loud. And I'll say it out loud. Cheryl, did you, did you do that? I think I got to do that today. Yes, I talk to myself. I do that. And I hear everybody else I know real around me does the same thing. I'm like, okay, look, we do this. So don't think just because people out there and homeless on the street that they crazy. And I got my quote hands, fingers up. No, if at the end of the day, all you have is you to talk to, you'll talk to yourself too. Cause you, your own, you become your own company. You become your own best friend or enemy and you're going to talk to yourself out there, you know, so let's not label people, but anyway, so that's another street. I just went down. Think about it. But anyway, I hope this was, this was very helpful for somebody out there. I hope I came down somebody's lane, somebody's street, and I hope I was a help to someone to help you again, become more insightful with yourself and search your own, search your own passion, your own heart, your own, um, your mind, what it is you want to do? What do you think about all the time? I just want you to do that. I want you to, like I said, get on that path to where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing and understand that in the midst of all of that, watch how God trust in him and watch how he can align you up. How everything that you're doing is actually a setup and to align you and where you're supposed to be going towards your end goal, which can be several end goals. Okay. And you utilize and you're learning in each of those capacities. You're learning in each of those environments and you find yourself doing the same thing. Everything I have done in every place or every role that I have fulfilled or operated in, I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> and so I just want you to get that moment where you, it, it, the light bulb comes on for you and you're like, okay, okay, I see it. I see a pattern, God. I see a pattern. Hello, you know, and, and some of us, we just need that. Some, that's what some of us been waiting for. Everything else, you know what, we'll follow. It'll be like a dominoes effect, but you just, you just needed to know that. And like, okay, I'm good now. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's like when you're working with a, um, what you call an acquisitionist, uh, a, a recruiter who knows how to look at all your gifts and your, and your passions and your talent and kind of point you in the right career for you, the right path. It's the same thing that God does with us or we can, and he gives us the power to do with ourselves. He gives us a mind, hello, to think and also strategize and think with our own minds. He still gets the credit because he gave you the mind and you acknowledging that God give us the, gave us the ability to do that. So you're still acknowledging him like, okay, you know what? I'm looking at all of this and I think, and I feel that I will be good at doing A, B, C, and D. 
because everything you do points you to that direction. That could be an indicator for you. That's all I'm saying. And you just needed to know that. And that sets you on the right path. Somebody can just give you that one word or that one revelation or understanding and you're good to go. Good. It's like working with a coach for a short time. I just need you for a week. I just need you for that month. I just need you for whatever that's short term. And I'm good now. I know what I need to do. It's like what I do in my VIP um, sessions when I work with someone like the whole full day for like six to seven hours or break it into two days and give them this, giving them all the strategy and the tools that they need. And they're good after that. They don't need me anymore. Maybe to check in, maybe for inspirations, or, you know, or just pop into my YouTube channel and kind of like listen to my messages that I give out like this one as it comes to me. And, and they're good to go after that. Like I'm good. I look, and if they need to check in with me, they can call me, whatever. That's what it's all about. And we help each other. And so anyway, I hope you was inspired because I am an inspirational and transformational strategist, a life purpose coach. And this is what I do. So I just want to get somebody in that right direction. And so they can just go and take off from there. Get on that launching pad, get on that launching pad and take off. You just need that plane to be pointed on the right way. Get on the runway and you're off. All right. That's enough of my analogies and parables and all that great stuff. You guys have a wonderful life. I want to watch that movie. It's a wonderful life. Have a wonderful day until we meet again. God bless you all.